Welcome to Rewiring Health. This podcast is for those of you who have an eating disorder, chronic pain, or both. In this channel, we'll dive deep into inspirational stories of those who have healed from both and also get into the mind-body connection and how we can heal the mind through the body and also heal the body through the mind. Come and join me on this journey. All right. Well, welcome uh, to another episode of Rewiring Health. I'm so excited to be joined by Tracy Cromwell. She is a certified integrative nutrition and health coach and a personal trainer. So thank you so much, Tracy, for joining me today. Oh, thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here, Kelly. Really excited. Yeah, me too. I know. I'm so excited for this conversation. I feel like it's going to be so valuable to so many people. So we'll kind of jump right into it. So the first thing I kind of want to talk about is, you know, if you just wouldn't mind sharing your story of like, where have you kind of come and what brought you to what you do today? Oh my goodness. Yes. So um, my story, okay. I was born, uh, no, just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I know it's a loaded question. (laughs) Okay. Focused on food. So um, let's see, most of my life, I always felt really tired, lethargic, um, a bit nauseous. Um, I, I didn't know any different about that. I just felt like, well, mo- everybody else must feel the same, you know, and, but I couldn't figure out why other kids had more energy. Why were they able to run a lot of, t- a, a long time? How did they, you know, how were they functioning um, that somehow there must be something wrong with me in some way, because I, I wasn't like that. And I had really high anxiety as well. and. Um, and so there'd be days too, I remember in elementary school where I'd go to school and my just, my heart rate would be pounding really hard and my stomach would hurt. And then I would start to feel better. Then I would have lunch and then my heart rate would go up. My stomach would hurt. You know, I see it now, but it, is, mm-hmm. it just was just the way things were. And, um, and so also depending on snacks that I had at night, my mom and dad would say, well, they want to send me to bed with a hungry tummy. So mm-hmm. have milk and maybe some popcorn and I'd wake up nauseous in the morning. So mm-hmm. I just never had an opportunity to not feel sick. <clears throat> and so as I got into uh, maybe fifth, sixth grade, it were times when my, I'd get to school and then my intestinal system would just want to clean out. Right. Mm-hmm. And so they'd send me home sick And then I'd be feeling fine within a couple hours. And so then it was developed that maybe I just had an emotional issue and I just had separation anxiety. So, you know, there was never any looking at maybe that my body wasn't able to tolerate the certain foods I was eating. So I, I, um, as I got older and into high school, I also went into that teen, you know, those teen years where number one, you've got teen hormones going through you, but also this food thing where I would bloat out, which then I thought I was fat, you know, because my stomach would be so distended and it would hurt. And, and I couldn't figure out why I couldn't fit in my pants. And so obviously I was, there was something wrong with me and everyone else was eating the same way. And how come they weren't fat? <laughs> like yeah. a picture, I, I wasn't, I was, my poor tummy was bloated, yeah. you know, but I thought I was fat. Mm-hmm. So then I started dieting at 18, doing the, the shakes and 
all of that. No, oh, they were so nasty back then. Mm-hmm. They were so, these were awful. <laughs> the things you do, right? Yeah. But I, you know, I, I started this really hostile relationship with my body. And so I started thinking if um, things that would go wrong in my life, I figured maybe if my body was perfect, my life would be better. So also I had this really bad relationship with it and it, it became, um, um, number one, you're going to eat whatever the heck I'm putting in your mouth and you better deal with it kind of attitude. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to exercise you so hard to get you to look the way I want you to look. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but then at the same time, if things were distressing in my life, I'd go run and get a donut and I'd run and maybe have, I try and eat like half a, back then it was Domino's pizza. And I'd say, okay, I'll just get a little one, you know, one, one little pizza. I'll have half for dinner tonight. I'll have half for dinner tomorrow, but I couldn't do, I would eat the whole thing. So I, I look back now, I realized I was using food um, to solve other issues, you know, other, I don't want to say the word issues because, you know, but other challenges that I had that were beyond what food was for. But also I realized when I would eat, I'd get an upset stomach. And so I'd eat something else to try and make myself feel better. So with that, then I was eating more energy, had more energy in my body than what I was putting out, which was a bad combo. So a few years later, um, after yo-yoing and yo-yoing and and I, I was, uh, my kids were pretty young and I was doing the step aerobic thing. I was pounding myself every single day to almost the point of vomiting, you know, of exhaustion with weights. And, and I was doing it every day and my body looked amazing. The crazy part was it still wasn't perfect enough. It just, it could just be that much more perfect. Life would be great. And I, one day I just was so tired. I was so exhausted. I still remember this day. It's like I was getting dressed to do my aerobics and I said, I can't do this anymore. I'm so tired. And then guess what? Start putting the weight on. And I was like, I can't win. What am I supposed to do? I'm eating everything they're telling me to eat in the food pyramid. I'm eating my grains, my bread, my pastas, Mm -hmm. um, my potatoes, Mm -hmm. (laughs) what I'm supposed to be eating so obviously Mm -hmm. something was wrong with me so just this this relationship kept going and kept going where I looked really good but I still didn't feel good on the inside and I and I couldn't quite figure that out so long story there's a lot in the middle there but um finally um got to a point where I'd gotten um I was in construction residential construction management estimating management at the time and, um, and one day I, I, I looked in the mirror and there I was again, you know, 30 pounds plus overweight, hadn't been exercising, drinking, eating chocolate, um, not sleeping. And then I go to the doctor just for my checkup and they say, well, Tracy, you're pre-diabetic. Mm-hmm. So it's just another nail in my coffin about what a loser I was, yeah. you know, and how my body was deceiving me and was mm-hmm. again why why is it being so awful to me you know mm-hmm. yeah. So, yeah yeah and so went through this really tumultuous relationship and that that was my I think I was 39 40 when that yeah. happens 
happened. I'm 56 now. And um, it was sort of this, this aspect again of just this volatile misunderstanding that I had with my, my whole self yeah. was creating all of this, this stuff. And I, um, I never wanted to do the work mm-hmm. <laughs> to yeah. figure out what was going on, let alone, I didn't even know what that work was. So that's a bit of my story of just started when I was very young with not understanding and it carried on into my, you know, late, you know, my late thirties when finally I was, I, I got a diagnosis of, okay, something's wrong. Yeah. Not working here. So yeah, there's so many yeah. things that stick out to me from what you're saying. And like, the one thing is how you're talking about how, like my body keeps working against me. And it's like that perception of like, it's, you know, where there's almost like a separation between you and your body. And it's like, you're, when you feel that resistance, it's, it's mm-hmm. amazing how like, you will just do anything to like, kind of win that battle, you know, quote, mm-hmm. win that battle. But like, when did you start seeing like the evolution of like, where you stopped perceiving your body as the enemy and you started seeing it as like, okay, I need, this is me. I need to take care of myself and, and treat it well. Right. Well, it was definitely that diagnosis, mm-hmm. um, but I'd almost, um, I almost hung it up that day saying, mm-hmm. okay, well, I am in my late thirties. I'm going into my forties. They tell me pretty much at that time, you know, your body starts to degrade anyway. And usually you get put on a prescription anyway. And so <clears throat> why didn't I appreciate my body before then? Why didn't I take good care of it? So I, I had to emotionally flog myself more you know, mm-hmm. and condemn myself even more, yeah. because, you know, yeah. you know, and so it was at that point, but I went, my doctor did say, and the one thing she said to me, it stuck in, she is, you can do something about this. Mm-hmm. You have the ability to do something about this. <clears throat> and I'm like, well, what? And she goes, and, and the, she gave me one piece of advice and then sent me on my way, but that was, you know, eat less refined carbohydrates, eat more whole foods and mm-hmm. off you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. And so the interesting part was I came home, but I also, it was like this, I almost felt like I had a note from the teacher finally, mm-hmm. that I had permission to take care of myself. It was really mm-hmm. interesting. And I thought, okay, I, I took it home. I talked with my husband and the kids and I said, um, this is what I need to do. And, um, and so I, I felt like now maybe they would allow me to take care of myself. And it's, again, it was an interesting thing where I, I felt like I didn't have the um, permission. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. Especially when you're a mom, it's like, you're trying to take care of everyone else around you. And especially if you're someone who's like, puts others before yourself, it's like, you do need almost like to get to that point where you are given permission. And I feel like there's so many people that resonate with that. It's like, I'm taking care of everyone else. And meanwhile, like you're suffering yourself and, and then you start losing your ability to take care of everyone else around you because you're not taking care of yourself. And so do you feel like that was like the catalyst, like your doctor saying that, or was there, were there other influences that allowed you to kind of move in a different direction? Yeah. So I, I realized too, so it, that note, it was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I write about it in my book was just the significance of that note. And, yeah. um, but I, I realized as well, as I started through the journey was 
you know, I, I started saying, gosh, you know what? I eat food to please others. I, I, um, whatever I'm served, I believe I have to eat no matter what it might do to me, mm-hmm. no matter that maybe I feel sick after I eat it. And that then gave me, cause my husband loved to make pancakes mm-hmm. and bacon and eggs, um, you know, in the morning or, or cereal, you know, and he loved to cook and, mm-hmm. and I loved what he made, but I also felt, um, that I needed to eat anything he made. Mm-hmm. And so I started to realize I feel sick when I eat breakfast. Mm-hmm. What's that about? So mm-hmm. I started to say, okay, gosh, what's well, all refined carbohydrate, um, very sugary. It turns to sugar. I mean, whoa, wait a minute. I don't feel good. And I didn't associate it with dairy yet, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. but it was just sort of that thing. And I just started and. When I say just, it's because in this case, I literally just started to say, okay, I love my white rice, mm-hmm. but I'm going to add a little bit of brown rice in that mix because mm-hmm. I couldn't imagine giving up some of these things. But um, so it was at that point when I started to finally connect what I put in my mouth mm-hmm. and how it actually physically changed the way I felt. Yeah. You know. There's something that like, I just from listening to you, there definitely seems a theme because when you're talking about earlier, you were like, what's wrong with me every time you were feeling sick and it, you can almost see the transition in your mindset, like from what's wrong with me to like, okay, questioning what's happening to me. Like, what am I, what are the choices I'm making that aren't serving me? And I right. think that's a huge flip there where you feel like there's something innately wrong with me versus like, I have the choice to make better decisions for myself. Like, would you, would you agree with that's kind of how yes yes mm-hmm. and yes yeah. exactly and there was a lot of grief too because some of these things I really loved the taste I really loved when it was in my mouth and then I did feel deprivation I'm like well okay I'm being I went through a bit of like I'm being punished because mm-hmm. my body can't have it oh. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I know I'm not being anymore no well, words. It, it totally, my phone totally leapt out of the little tripod. Oh, that's why it must have really resonated with it. It's really the energy level. I yes, like, oh, yes. Sorry about that. But um, what was I saying? Um, well, you're you didn't feel like you're depriving yourself that you felt oh, like. Yeah. So I felt like I had to give up things, and it was punishment. Yeah. Um, right. But at the same time, once I started feeling better mm-hmm. and I was like, wow, you know, I still felt a little bit bummed out, but as I started to feel better, I noticed that I didn't bloat and I didn't have this pain in my stomach that I didn't, yeah. I didn't, my energy didn't tank, mm-hmm. that my heart wasn't racing. All of a sudden it was like, oh, this is awesome. Yeah. You know, and that did take a bit of a journey, but, but my mind finally realized, wow, when I do this and I put it in my mouth and I eat it, I'm going to have to walk around feeling like literally crap 
Yeah. It could be two hours. It could be, it could be 24 hours. It could be 48 hours. And do, is that the choice I want to make, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So, so it was, you know, getting that process to cause and effect impact mm-hmm. of this and that and going through, um, again, that, that sometimes the, the grief of, of losing something that I associated pleasure with mm-hmm. and um, just to add to that, when I realized one of the biggest impacts that hit me was we celebrate around food. We, we join and have companionship around food. But what I realized was it was really the companionship and the joy of being with my family or the joy of being with my friends that I really wanted. It wasn't necessarily the food yeah. that was the big deal, but I misconce- you know, had, I had those flipped, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, I love that. There's such an emotional part of like food. I'm like, it's not just sheer of like what you put in your mouth. Like there's so many deeper aspects to to the behaviors around food. So I love that you you talk about that and and that it's not just about what you do, but it is a social construct. It is about family. It is about gathering. It is about like, there are just like subconscious pressures around like food and eating and enjoying it and Mm -hmm. And so it becomes very complicated, like when you have that relationship with food to kind of delve into how do we make healthier choices when there's so many deeper levels to what's going on. Yeah. You know, and I, and I'm finally learning, I can go to a birthday party and still celebrate a birthday that, but I know my body will be feel physically sick if I eat the cake. Mm -hmm. No one cares if I eat the cake, to be honest. And, uh, you know, I mean, and if they do care that much, you can still say, no, I don't want to feel sick the rest of the day. Right. Well, no, I'm not high maintenance, you know, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. it, but I, you know, I'm learning that I can, I can have fun and celebrate with people mm-hmm. and enjoy life without sacrificing my health. And that's been like the, the most wonderful you know, flip in my, the way I think. So. Absolutely. And I know you talked about the, the yo-yo dieting and I I know it's like, that's such a common thing with people who experience yo-yo dieting. I mean, you see all the time, it's like the new fad and then people diet and then it's so restrictive. And then they kind of go off the deep end on the other way. Like, what do you think contributes to why so many people yo-yo diet? Yeah. Well, in my, in my case and in my clients cases, Mm -hmm. I realized that we, um, we can get so caught up in the end result. Mm-hmm. We just want to get there. Mm-hmm. And we don't care how we get there necessarily, as long as I look it on the outside and I can fit in that bikini in, in 30 days when I'm on vacation or, yeah. or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. And we get there, but the way that we got there was in such a fashion that's not sustainable, that mm-hmm. it was it probably was low calorie. You'll probably cut out a lot of things that you enjoyed in life. And it was a suffering process. Mm -hmm. Right. And and for me, I would get there. And even after I I was diagnosed, I probably did, I did a 500 calorie diet. I did, you know, I did umpteen different pills. I I did, you know, I yo-yoed myself up and down, up and down, but Mm-hmm. But I started to pay attention, you know, so my, my reason, my, my, what I want to say is that we yo-yo in my belief, because we're so focused on the end result that we don't learn much in the, in the process of what worked, what didn't work. Mm-hmm. And we did it in such a fashion that it was so 
such an extreme change, our mind and our lifestyle, everything, we're like, we can't, it's, this is horrible. I can't live like, Mm -hmm. and then you start, you knee jerk back and you're like, no, I want my chips. I want these pancakes. I want those things that I had to give up. And now I'm miserable emotionally because I don't have them. So, so I, I believe that that's a lot of the reason we do it is that, is that we, um, we can be so focused on that end goal that we'll do it no matter what it takes. And then, and then we don't, we, we can't live in that lifestyle. It just Absolutely. doesn't fit. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think one thing too, I've, I've heard you kids say it a few times is the idea of giving something up and it's, and that's, that goes back into like psychology. When we feel like we're giving something up, it's our brains will actually resist that. But if we replace it with something, it's more accepting of that. Did you find that when you were transitioning out of yo-yo dieting that you replaced that giving up mentality with like, how do I replace it with something that's serving me better? Yes. And I love what you're using that word serve, mm-hmm. serving me um, in the aspect, because once I changed my, my vocabulary from good food, bad food, yeah, you know, um, this is bad or, you know, and, and usually the bad is that me, it was craft caramels melted on popcorn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Sounds, there sounds good. I've never had that, but that sounds very good. Oh, that's yeah. what my mom used to make. And once I realized, like, I loved that because we always sit around yeah. together. Mm-hmm. And so I realized that, so, but it doesn't serve me. I feel sick after. Yeah. Right? So I love that when we talk about food as, does it serve me? Um, does it support me? Um, is it non-supportive in my goal? And then, and then looking at an item, maybe what, what do I associate with it? Mm-hmm. Is it mainly the sugar addiction? Is there something I'm trying to fill a void with? Mm-hmm. Like for me, the caramel popcorn ended up being, it brought back a wonderful memory. So anytime I had that caramel popcorn, I thought about me being a kid. We're all sitting around it, having a great time. And so I, I wanted the popcorn so I could bring back that wonderful memory. But what mm-hmm. I realized was, I can pull that memory up anytime I want without the popcorn. Right. And I feel the love and the, you know, com- you know, wonderful mm-hmm. memory coming back. And so and it was that, that the memory supports me mm-hmm. in this yeah. case, the caramel popcorn yeah, doesn't quite support me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And I'm okay with that. And sometimes I will still have it, but I don't eat the whole, I used to make this massive bowl just for myself. And I'm like, I'm not sharing this with yeah. anyone. <laughs> this is my memory, my yeah. thing, you know, mm-hmm. and later I'm just like, well, it's terrible. So, yeah. so figuring out that relationship um, has really helped mm-hmm. and um, not making knee jerk reaction, knee jerk decisions um, with food anymore. Um, yeah. That, I hope that, I hope I didn't ramble. Yeah, um, no, no, absolutely makes sense. And, and I, I know so many people can relate, like I can think back to things that I ate too. And I'm like, it is that emotional connection of food, not just like, not just that, oh, it tastes good. Like it's, you know, it's so surfacey when it's like, oh, it just tastes good. That's why I eat, but there's such a deeper level. So like, thank you for talking about yeah. that, you know, as, yeah. as far as like 
what goes into what we eat, there's so much more than, than just, you know, doing it. But like for someone who's experiencing that now and like struggles with that, like, oh yes, I always go to this every time I'm stressed or I feel alone. Like I always go to that food. Like, what would you say to that person as far as like shifting their mindset? Like how would they get to the point where they always go to that comfort to where you are now and and that you can have a healthier relationship with that? Yeah. So I would, I would suggest, you know, really looking at what that food item means to them in that context of mm-hmm. um, number one, it's probably savory. It probably tastes really good, you know? Um, but also is there an attachment, another attachment to it that is deeper, like comfort food. We think of um, memories that, that have been loving or maybe around that food item. Mm-hmm. Or it could be a thing of, well, I've been really upset and this item just, if I'm gonna go eat it in the closet mm-hmm. for some reason, I have a private moment with this food item. Mm-hmm. Somehow it's serving, serving something else, you know, mm-hmm. other, find out if what it's serving in terms of the emotional connection yeah. to the food. And then you can look at it and say, how is it chemically? Cause it, you know, when we put it in, it turns into some kind of a chemical reaction within our body. How is it serving us here? And do those two, you know, really um, connect and, and truly support us. And so yeah. um, when I started to think about this too, is like, am I, am I bored? you know, I'm stressed and, and what other, what other way, how can I be resourceful to figure out what's another way I can support myself mm-hmm. during this moment versus just a knee jerk reaction. Mm-hmm. Um, in my, my book, your personal journey with food, my co-author Ingrid writes about the food connection mm-hmm. and how it stems from even when we're infants and just born mm-hmm. and and that we just an innate reaction that we have this this thing of like food and 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 putting things into our mouth soothe us as a child mm-hmm. and so if we can see that is like a it's just a automatic response so um, I recommend a lot just you take a step back before you you eat whatever it might be out of boredom or stress. Mm-hmm know what it is, read labels, Mm -hmm. does this support me? And also breathing, there's wonderful breathing techniques just to bring that that nervous system down. Mm -hmm. Um, Really good one's called box breathing. There's an app actually out there called box breathing and it times you and you can breathe in for whatever the time is you want. You have five breaths in, you hold for five, breathe out for five, hold for five, all through your nose. And it just, you know, calms that nervous system down and gives you time to think um, through your choices. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's one area that could help mm-hmm. someone who, who, you know, the body gets up, says, let's go find the fridge. Yeah. Or mm-hmm. let's go get the candy machine. Yeah. <laughs> right. Let's go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there it's, I, you know, I love how you talk about like the subconscious mind. It's like these things that we don't even think about or question. And like, that's developed from ages zero to seven that like, that's our subconscious mind. We have all these 
stories that we tell ourselves that if we don't question them, we're just going to continue living our lives with that because that's all we know. And so, you know, I like how you talked about how like, take that moment, like question, what is it behind this? And you know, is it serving you or is it not? And, and having your conscious rational brain question your subconscious is, is so important for going in a different direction because it is like when we're stressed, like our rational brain, the, the prefrontal cortex actually shuts down. So we don't have those rational thoughts to be like, is this serving me in a good way? So it is like taking that moment, like you're saying, the box breathing gives us a moment to get out of that stress response and be able to turn on the rational brain in a better way. Right. Right. And my other piece of advice is when we turn that one back on, sometimes it can be Mm -hmm. kind of a booger Mm -hmm. in a way. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you know, and it can be, can it, how do I want to say it? If we could teach it to be uh, resourceful and um, kind in its, its process of speaking to us, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. my, my rational was for a while, I can't believe you did that. Look at the label for crying out loud. You did it again. Oh my goodness. Now it's like, it's it's interesting and now I'm like okay let's check out the label first let's be resourceful is this gonna serve me nope put the whip away nope whip goes bye-bye we're learning we're progressing we're we're, we're learning a new thing then the little whiny happens it's like okay no problem and then you you know you can make a decision (laughs) and Mm -hmm. if you choose say no I want this I'm gonna have my caramel then you have slowed down enough to make the choice you're still going to have it but then eat it mindfully mm-hmm. yeah oh, are you okay yeah i think it froze there there we go okay yeah but if you make a choice to mm-hmm. still go ahead and eat it eat it mindfully mm-hmm. savor it make sure you're thinking about what the ingredients are that are going in how they're going to serve you and let the, like, if it's a candy bar, let it melt all over your tongue again and, and eat it in a way where you can process what it is, how it really, how it really tastes. I've had some clients go, gosh, it actually doesn't taste very good. (laughs) Yeah. It's amazing how your, your perception changes. Once you start to think about how fun with that, it's really fun. If we look at it that way, it's like, oh my gosh, what am I going to discover today about what I've, what my perceptions have actually been? Yeah. It, it could be a lot of fun. So yeah, oh, absolutely. And I like how you talked about the fun because it is that, that curiosity, like we're, we're meant to be curious and try different things and do things mm-hmm. differently, but we get into such a regimen, like, no, this is what I do. And it's like, part of that regimen is like, I eat the candy bar. I feel guilty. I feel shameful. And then I have negative self-talk and then I do it again. And you get into that rut. So it's like, when you give your brain a different option, it can be fun. Like it doesn't have to be what you always know, like make it a curiosity thing where you're like, okay, let me have a different experience with this. So, so I love that. I think if we're going to, if we, we are going to be eating, we, you know, we have to consume energy to live Mm -hmm. and I, I see nothing wrong with enjoying the process of Mm -hmm. our food and eating, but, um, that slowing down and honestly knowing it, I, (laughs) 
I don't know if you've ever done this too, where you're busy and you're not thinking too much and you, you're eating dinner and you look down and you're like, where's my food? Mm-hmm. Who ate my food for crying yeah. out loud? It's like, oh, I ate it. I don't remember eating it. Mm-hmm. I got no pleasure from it. And now I want to go get some more because I don't, I didn't, I didn't, you know, I didn't even taste it. And, right. uh, and so so slowing down, it's like, what do they say too? Usually at Christmas or Thanksgiving and these big holidays it takes mm-hmm. hours to make the meal and it's gone mm-hmm. in five minutes. Mm-hmm. What if we spent 20 minutes or 30 minutes just savoring each bite and, mm-hmm. and having fun? Um, I like doing it around the table too. Sometimes everybody's like, okay, let's just enjoy this. And yeah, I'm, I'm salivating right now. Thinking yeah. It's hilarious. <laughs> right. So when you talk about Thanksgiving. But yeah, it's, it's a sensory experience. And if we're depriving yeah. our senses of that, then, yeah. you know, we're really missing a big picture of it. It is enjoy the sensory inputs mm-hmm. that you're getting from the food. Absolutely. And it's interesting too. And, and you're, you're probably very aware is like how much time it takes for the stomach to tell us we're full, right? I mean, it's like 20 minutes, I think is roughly. Yeah, yeah it can. Yeah, it, it takes a while. Yes. Yeah, the slower you eat, the, the more satiating it becomes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so if we eat in five to 10 minutes, mm-hmm. we could have two platefuls by then. And our stomach hasn't even had the opportunity to say, we're good. We're full. We don't need any more food. And, and then we're bloated and, and our tummy hurts and, mm-hmm. and everyone's passed out, you know, for how many hours after. And if we eat that way every single day, which was me, I didn't, I, I scarfed my food. Also, I'm youngest of six. So we would sit around and be like, Thanks. okay, who's on their second the volume? So and so's going on their second. Yeah. 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 It's, it's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing how like how different it is when you take the moment versus like, you don't even know what happened. It's like, it's like driving your car and getting somewhere. You're like, how do I even get here? Like, yeah. Yeah. And it's fun yeah. when you think about like these little habits we have and I just chuckle like, okay, I know where that came from. I had to race. I was the youngest of six. My oldest siblings, 15 years older than me, they're going to eat a lot more than me. Mm-hmm. And, and I knew if I didn't get my second plate in, I was going to be hungry at mm-hmm. bedtime. And so <laughs> it was like this plot. Along the yeah. Yeah. And that again goes to the psychology behind it all. It's like all these things. It's not just a sheer like you're eating. Like there's so many other things that play a role in that. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So yeah. So mindful eating. It doesn't mean you're you're zenning out. You and you're doing yoga at dinner. And Mm -hmm. it's about you just pay attention, savor, appreciate the food that you have in front of you, Mm -hmm. and allowing yourself to savor it, and also think about how it's serving you. And then eating at a pace where your body can tell you either, oh, this hurts, this makes me feel awful, or this makes me feel good. Okay, I'm not bloating. Oh, okay, I'm full. Mm-hmm. You know, that's yeah. the other thing. I got confused between what bloating was and being full was. Mm-hmm. So I would eat, um, we grew up um, with lots of cheese and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I knew it was like when I ate a creamier cheese, I was full, full mm-hmm. and about two, three minutes. Yeah. And I would be confused. I can't actually be full. So I'd still keep putting more of it in my mouth because I knew one piece of cheese, mm-hmm. like a chunk of brie, for example, 
couldn't fill me up. It doesn't make sense. Right. So again, that's where I had the confusion between what is full and what is bloated. Yeah, absolutely. And it's so important to make that differentiation because a lot of times when we're just eating to eat and like, there's a lot of emotions around it, we actually lose that in interoception, like our ability to actually uh, be in tune with what we're experiencing. So it is like when we become, when you become more mindful, you actually get more in tune with your body's cues. And like, that is a huge thing because we kind of like numb out to that in many cases. So it's so important. And that brings me up to thought of, um, you'd asked me, um, what, what one main thing was that helped me incredibly was, um, Mm -hmm. when I used to make my body just suck it up, Mm -hmm. it was going to eat whatever I put in it. I didn't care. It should be, Mm -hmm. obviously I'm being told by everyone else, all these commercials that this is supposed to make me feel good. So you know, you should feel good to where I, I, I developed, um, love and empathy for it. Mm-hmm. And then I, I realized it's really my best friend. Mm-hmm. I, I look at it now. It's my best friend. It's like, oh yeah. my God, we're in this together. I get to have an opportunity to experience this life mm-hmm. in this amazing, you know, vessel. And yeah. it always wants to do the best for me. It always does. And it's always talking back. It's not, not in that way. It's always talking. <laughs> well, yeah, I might. Hey, yes. It might if Yes. <laughs> I got yeah. diabetes down here. You got to fix this. You know, it's always talking back yes. to me or, or telling me things. And it's up to me to be aware and listen mm-hmm. and then, and take the time, which I never wanted to have to take the time. Yeah. Absolutely. But I guarantee you it's so worth taking the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And having that shift where you feel from like an enemy to your advocate. I mean, it's, yeah. it's a night and day living experience when you start appreciating, appreciating everything that it does for you. It's yeah, it literally gives you a whole new life. So yeah. I, I love that you brought that up. Yeah. Total gratitude for it. No matter. And that was the other thing when I, I learned that it didn't matter what state it was in mm-hmm. at the time, if I had gratitude for it, mm-hmm. no matter what condition my relationship with it would skyrocket off the chart. Mm-hmm. And, and my exercise also changed from a punishment mm-hmm. to a, let's see what you can do. Let's, yeah. let's see what you're capable of. Mm-hmm. And it became a whole different thing. Yes. So, yeah. So versus a punishment back and forth, mm-hmm. it was like, okay, let's see, let's figure this out. Oh, that didn't work. Okay. I'm sorry. You feel like crap. Okay. That's, we'll take a note. I, mm-hmm. I'm going to note it and, and, and I'll do better next time yeah. <laughs> you know I mean? to, to, yeah, this feels really good. Yeah, uh, absolutely. This, this and that's such a big thing when you talk about the exercise too, because I mean, you can literally have the same amount of exercise. You can run two miles and hate your body because do it because you hate your body or you can run two miles and do because you love your body. And so it's not necessarily about the behavior. It's like, what's the driving force behind it. And that, that is such an important differentiation to make. Well, and what I found too, and, and um, so I'm, I also, um, so I'm health coach, but I also have, uh, I'm a personal trainer at the same time. Mm-hmm. And so I'll have people test this out and we, we can test it out now. It's kind mm-hmm. of fun. So if we're sitting here now, I can already feel it happen. Cause I'm already telling my mind, my body, this you're so weak. Mm-hmm. Like tell yourself that you're weak. Mm-hmm. 
your biceps are really weak. There's no way you can lift this. Mm-hmm. I, I physically feel that. And mm-hmm. my poor little biceps are feeling that right now. Yeah. And that, I'm just kidding. Okay, wait, no, no, you're strong. You've got this. You've got strength. You can do this. Maybe we have to start small, but you're going to be strong. It's a whole different feeling. And so yeah. how we talk to ourselves and the body hears you, mm-hmm. right? So if, if we know our body hears you talking and feeling negative and you hate it, 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 it you know, it makes me want to, what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, versus oh, I love you. You're my friend and we're going to figure it out. It's like, whoa, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I feel that. You physically feel the difference. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. And, and it is it, like for anyone who's going through there, like, well, if I just start saying that language, would it really make a difference? It really does. Like, it really does make a difference when you just change how you language, the language around how you talk to yourself. And it's those little nuances that either like, again, serve you or don't serve you. And it's like, ask yeah. yourself every time you say something, start questioning your inner thoughts. And it's like, is it serving or is it not? And, and it yeah. really does make a difference. Yeah. And it takes practice. So mm-hmm. Sometimes, you know, I, I even, you know, all the, um, the practice I've done with myself, sometimes I still get up in the morning and it's really interesting. I, but I'm aware now mm-hmm. I'll sense, I'll sense that negative thought or the mm-hmm. part that's the, the, the old me, I want to say mm-hmm. the personality that, that, um, I still appreciate because yeah. I learned so much, but I'll say, well, no, no, we're good. You know? And, and so it even, for me, it's, it's, and no one's perfect. Mm-hmm. It, you know, I have to, I still go, I horrible sugar addiction that I got through doesn't mean mm-hmm. it doesn't rear its head sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and I'm fighting to get out of the store without buying Skittles or yeah. whatever, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so the reality I think too, is that I, I thought, you know, back to yo-yoing, I thought that once I figured it, out how to get my body a certain way it would always be easy mm-hmm. and it should be easy and I would arrive and I would in and I should just stay that way yeah. and it's a lifelong journey that has so much so much um value mm-hmm. for you you know yeah thank you so. for highlighting that because I think people need to hear that because even if you're if you have a good routine it doesn't mean that there aren't going to be days that you don't like fall off, but it doesn't mean you're failing. It just means like, yeah. okay, let me get back on, you know, that tr- on track. Yeah. So like, thank you for saying that, because I think that is such a common mentality Think People think like, oh, I had a bad day. That's it. I, I, I blew it, you know? And it's yeah, not the case. Up. Like, yeah, everyone has days where you tend to, maybe you'll eat a little bit more sugar and it happens, but it's, mm-hmm. it's not a linear journey by any means. Yeah. And, yeah. and what's, what, how, how mine was, was like, I was way down here and then I go, we, and I went, oh, and I go, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. And, and then the zigzag. I learned, learned, yeah. And, and then, but I realized my trajectory was still kind of going this way. Yep. And, um, and once I also kind of, I, I pretty much took the time limit off. Mm-hmm. That was huge. Yeah. And I think, well, if I just do some of this each day, it, the, it has to, the result has to be this. So, well, 
okay, let's, let's just see what happens. Let's see mm-hmm. what we can create. You know, it's yeah. more about creating versus losing. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and, and like part of that, I don't, have you ever read the book, The Compound Effect? It's, but it's like what you're talking about is like right on. Do you have it? <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, it's right on because it, it's not about like making these overhaul changes. It's about doing just something, a little bit of something every day. And that just makes your whole life different a year from now, you know? So it really is about that. And then it gives you grace. Like you don't have to do all these big changes. You just have to do something a little different, 1% better every day. And that's it. Highly recommend the book. And I, I'm looking yeah. on the floor. I know my, my, yeah yes (laughs) yes love it I printed out the and I this one is fun I have different years so this Mm -hmm. one I just happened to find it was fun this is from this one's from 2021 Mm -hmm. and so I made my little chart you can print and see it but you can go to the website yep print the papers and and some of this stuff, it's like in my book where you kind of do an assessment. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you don't like doing the assessment because you yeah. don't like what you're seeing. Mm-hmm. But until you see the truth, mm-hmm. how do you do anything about it? So if you can do the assessment with those eyes of let's discover what's going on. Mm-hmm. And I may not like what I see, but I'm not going to harshly beat myself up because obviously something needs to be adjusted. So let's, let's figure out what it is. And this really yeah. forced you to do that. Um, the compound effect. Yes. It's a little book. It's not that big. No. And, yeah. Yeah. And you can get the PDF downloads for free yep. off his website. Yeah. So um, yeah, a little bit at a time. And, and I'm so glad you brought it up because I really, mm-hmm. I found that at the right time and um, started utilizing it mm-hmm. and it helped take off a lot of that pressure. Absolutely. It makes such a difference for sure. For anyone who wants to connect to you, Tracy, how would they find you and what, what things are you working on? I know you have a new book, like just just share what you're doing and how people can find you. Yeah. So my book, um, is called your personal journey with food. Mm -hmm. And I co-authored it with, uh, um, I met Ingrid when I was going through school with the Institute for Integrated Nutrition. She's from, Mm -hmm. she's from, uh, Santiago, Chile. Oh, awesome. And we were peer coaches through school. And we realized that even though we're 6,000 some miles away, we had the same challenges with food, slightly different reasons. And we both had had progressed through those, um, through those challenges in very similar ways. Yeah. And so we thought we need to write this in a book and the book, um, similar to the compound effect, this mm-hmm. one starts with an assessment. And the reason we did that was it also helps you know what chapter to read first. Mm-hmm. So sometimes, you know, yeah. you'll read chapters that you're like, it's not resonating with me because you need to actually address something else first. So our goal was to make it so you could do that. So you can find this book on Amazon or go to any independent bookstore mm-hmm. and order it, but it's your personal journey with food. Mm-hmm. It's a roadmap for the confused and frustrated diet. And yeah. we talk about things like mindfulness, um, figuring out your whole you, becoming whole, self-image, diets, uh, relationships, intuition, food sensitivities, food and the food industry. Yeah. You know, and, and just, yeah. it, it's just a starting point. And for anyone that buys the book, there's actually a website you can go to 
similar to the compound effect, mm -hmm. but I have all the PDFs that are in the book you can download. And you can also, there's videos in there for you um, where I'll, I'll be speaking about each chapter. Yeah. So, so you can um, touch base with me that way. I'm on uh, Instagram um, as well as um, Facebook. And then my website's tracycromwell.com. Mm -hmm. So there's information there for me. Yeah. Great. I love it. And I'll share everything in the show notes for anyone listening. If you want to yeah. connect with Tracy, definitely do so. And that book sounds amazing. So, you know, for anyone who's struggling with, with food or any of this resonates with you, definitely check out that book. Sounds awesome. Absolutely. And yeah, I do offer one-on-one -on -one coaching. And then I also have, um, it's a 30 day junk food and sugar debunk challenge. Mm -hmm. We just getting through, um, we've got 10 more days, um, left of the at the time of this recording here of the prior one, and we'll be relaunching. I'll be relaunching again in March. So I'm doing about awesome. every every 90 days. So give yeah. me an opportunity to um, and to learn about yourself. It's not what you think it's going to be. It's better. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. And uh, so those are some opportunities for um, folks to connect or participate. That's awesome. I love it. it sounds great. And it's just, there's so many opportunities. So again, if you, if any of this resonated with you, definitely take hold of those opportunities to invest in yourself. It's just, it's such an amazing thing when you finally invest in yourself. So thank yeah. you so much, Tracy, for sharing your story and everything you shared today. I really enjoyed having this conversation with you. Oh, you too. You too so much. And I repeat, really appreciate you having me on and, um, Yes, I'm, I'm excited to be here. Thanks so much. Yes, thank you. And, and again, I'll put everything in the show notes for anyone listening. And, uh, and if you haven't done so already, please subscribe to the podcast, leave a review. And if you have any questions for Tracy or myself, absolutely ask them. We would love to answer anything that you, you would like to know further. So thank you again. And thank you for spending your precious time with me. Thank you, everybody. <laughs>